0: Calling all detectives. A lonely old recluse never mentioned the existence of a husband who arrived in time for her death. That is the situation on this page from my casebook, the casebook of Jerry Browning, private detective. There's all kinds of evidence, and to be a private detective like me, Jerry Browning, you have to know what evidence to believe. Walking from my car to the big, lonely Carstair house, I wondered why old Mrs. Carstair clung to the place. She had enough money for the finest house in town instead of this ten-room barn in the middle of nowhere. Yet she'd lived here alone for the past 30 years. I expected Mrs. Carstair to answer the doorbell. Instead, I saw a man of about 60, solidly built, heavily tanned. Yes? Yes. I'm Jerry Browning. Mrs. Carstairs is expecting me. I see. May I ask, what is the nature of your business with her? Sure. I'm a private detective. I've been investigating a company Mrs. Carstairs was considering investing in. Now, I'll ask one. Who are you? A reasonable question. Come inside, Mr. Browning. I followed him inside to the gloomy reception hall. This may surprise you, Mr. Browning. I am Byron Carstairs, Agatha's husband. He smiled at me, but his eyes were cold and watchful. In case you're wondering where I've been for the past 30 years, I don't mind telling you. I've been in South Africa. Well, Mrs. Carster had never told me that her husband was dead, but neither had she said he was alive. Since it was none of my business, all I said was, "Okay, Mr. Carster, will you please tell your wife that I'm here with that report? Carster kept his face bland. I'm afraid I can't do that, Mr. Browning. You see, she died two hours ago. A man who told me he was the long-lost husband of a lonely old recluse also told me that she was dead. Carster led me upstairs to his wife's bedroom. Poor Agatha. I'm afraid the shock of my arrival was too much for her heart. I didn't answer, brushed past him, and walked into Mrs. Carster's bedroom. She was lying fully clothed on the bed. There was no sign of any struggle in the room, no mark of violence on her. I'll have to call the police, Mr. Carster, and ask you to stay here until they arrive. Carster gave me a thin smile. I have every intention of staying, Mr. Browning. You forget, this is my home. The police surgeon walked over to where Lieutenant Dawson of Homicide and I were sitting in the living room. Looks like a heart attack, all right, but I can't be sure until we make complete lab tests. Dawson nodded, turned to Carster, who was standing near the fireplace. Mr. Carster, did your wife die in a bedroom? No, Lieutenant. We were downstairs here, talking, soon after I arrived this evening, and she suddenly collapsed, asked me to help her upstairs. I did so, and she died in my arms. That's real touching, Mr. Carstair. How come you didn't call a doctor? She was dead, Lieutenant, past medical aid. I was aware of my delicate position here, and I was wondering what course of action to take when Mr. Browning arrived. I shot a fast question at him. Where did you and Mrs. Carstair originally come from? San Francisco, Mr. Browning. We were married there in 1907. I have here the certified copy of our marriage certificate, which I obtained in 1915, just before I left the States. Dawson took the photostat copy, glared at it, handed it back. I didn't bother to look at the document. Carstairs didn't have any other papers with him, but he had something even better. A suggestion that we go through Mrs. Carstairs' personal papers in search for possible references to him. We turned up a whole sheaf of stuff. Letters he'd written her from South Africa and now yellow with age... A few copies of replies she'd sent him, in which she curtly refused requests for money. We found old photos showing Agatha Carstere and this man as they might have looked 40 years ago, and even a tattered old wedding picture. Finally, Okay, Mr. Carstair. I guess you're who you claim to be, but until we're satisfied about just exactly how your wife died, we'll have to ask you to remain in this house. Is that okay with you? Carstere gave us his bland smile. It is perfectly satisfactory, Lieutenant. I followed Dawson out into the reception hall. You're not leaving, are you, Dawson? This guy's a phony. Dawson frowned. You're wrong, Jerry. I say he's a no-good scoundrel and probably shocked the poor old lady to a death, but there's no doubt he's Byron Costair and there's no doubt he'll get her money. Everything we've seen here has been carefully set up for us to see. Nobody would go to all that trouble and yet leave the most essential part of it, her death, to chance. Dawson frowned. Can you prove it? It was a tough spot because I didn't know how Mrs. Carstairs died. Well, Carstair says she died downstairs, and that makes me think she died upstairs. Let's take another look at that bedroom. Okay, but you're just wasting my time. The body had long since been removed, but the bed still showed the indentation of the frail figure on the smooth counterpane. I stared at the bed. There was something queer about the neatness of the counterpane and the careless way in which the pillows at the head of the bed had been thrust under the bolster. I pulled the counterpane back, picked up one of the pillows. Hey, look at this soiled pillow, Dawson. Those marks right here, as though teeth had tried to bite on it. Dawson Agatha Costa was smothered with this pillow, a form of death whose symptoms resemble certain types of heart attack. Come on, let's arrest a murderer. Why, murder poor Agatha? Ridiculous. My wife was considerably my senior, more than ten years. She was a very sick woman, could not have lived much longer in any case. I didn't have to kill her. Yes, you did, because you're not her husband, never were. Let me have a copy of that marriage certificate. Costa hesitated, then handed it over. This is a copy dated 1915 of a marriage performed in San Francisco in 1907. I don't need any expert to tell me that this is a forgery. You were very clever with all the fake documents and pictures you planted in the house during the two hours you had after you killed Mrs. Carstair. But you slipped up badly on this marriage certificate. You see, on April 8th, 1908, there was a fire in San Francisco. The San Francisco Earthquake and Fire. And it destroyed every single public record prior to that date. So you see, you couldn't get a photostat copy of a marriage license of 1907. You're under arrest for murder. He broke down after that. He admitted that he'd spent years preparing his crime, patiently forged documents and pictures. It all started when he discovered that the real Byron Carstairs had been executed for murder in Alaska, a fact that his wife spent 30 years concealing. The imposter forged the photostat of the 1907 marriage certificate because that was where and when the Carstairs had really been married. But that was his one and only mistake. Like I said, there's evidence and evidence. And the easiest kind to disbelieve is the kind that cannot possibly exist. Listen next time to Calling All Detectives. Mystery drama, mystery quiz, and a chance for you to match wits with yours truly, Jerry Browning, Private detective.